0: really getting clear on why you're in business and looking at your packages and pricing and seeing does your revenue goal that you've just now created actually align with the business model that you have? Do you have the ability to make that type of revenue? I would say that's the number one reason why most businesses are struggling is they don't have a business model that actually can achieve the revenue that is necessary to actually pay for the things they're desiring.
1: This is better wealth with caleb williams amber welcome to the better well show
0: thanks so much caleb so excited to be here
1: i am i am so excited for this conversation when we met in january in new york we were both at like a kind of like a mastermind talking about um book strategies and uh, we just we just resonated right off the bat your love we for health your love for people, like it's super evident. If you're not watching this on YouTube, go to YouTube because it's like, it's super evident that Amber loves people. But then you're also your specialty when it comes to money. Now, what's interesting is we kind of joke about this. Anything that makes you rich sells easily. So if I was going to sell some like um, strategy that could 10X your income or whatever, that's easy to sell. But helping people keep more money for some reason is not something that people talk about. And you're you're, and I want you to talk about the training that you've gotten. I'm a huge fan of Profit First, but you are doing so many things. Like you're even taking that to the next level. You're working on a book. You're helping people all over the country and all over the world help people keep more of their money. It's your message has never been more relevant, by the way, with what's been going on. And and so what I want to do is I want this to be like a masterclass. So if you're listening to this or watching this, get get your get your uh, pad and paper out. And like take, you're going to get some key concepts on how you can keep more money and some efficiency hacks. So Amber, without me stealing the show, I want you to give a little bit of your origin story. I want you to talk about a little bit of the profit first and how you got into that game. And then I want to talk about why you're doing what you're doing. And then I want to get into the nuts and bolts on, on your specialty.
0: Okay. Well, Caleb, you know, I, 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 Honestly did not think that I would ever be in finance or do anything related to finance after leaving my corporate career in corporate finance. And um, I left as a health coach. I had gone through a certification and decided that after leaving corporate that I really needed to change a scenery. And so I packed my bags and moved to Bali, Indonesia. And I was planning to just be there for eight weeks. But what happened as I was there was I was connecting with more and more incredible people that were from all walks of life, creating beautiful new companies and startups. And so I was part of this thing called Tribe Wanted. And in this um, group, we had 50% of the time we were working on our own company, 25% of the time we were helping each other and the other 25% we were exploring the island. And so during the helping each other portion of the collaboration, most people that are attracted to live in Bali are pretty into health, and so it wasn 't really something that people were seeking uh, help with. but what so many people were coming to me about was you know how are you handling your cash flow you don 't seem to be very stressed about it. What is your system that you 're working on all the time? And so it just started to grow as as more and more people were learning about it. So I was asked to do skill shares at the co-working communities there. And then I was asked to do some talks at retreats. And so I started to investigate a bit more and realized that there was a massive hole between really looking backwards in finance, which is what bookkeeping and accounting does, really making sure that we know exactly how much we owe in taxes. And this visionary looking forward, putting intention and purpose to money and making sure that your business is in alignment with making the type of revenue that will really support the life that brings you a high vibration of joy. And so I started to interview more and more people and recognize that, wow, everyone thinks they're alone in this, that they're the only ones struggling with this. And so I looked at that and said, oh my gosh, okay, so I have this holistic health coach background. I've learned really how to create space and listen and allow someone to really be heard and seen and understood. And because money is 99% emotional and behavioral, that's such a key component. But then being able to bring in some practical systems and marrying the feminine and masculine sides of money, that's really where that was born. So I pivoted from health coaching as much as I loved it and really felt that this was my calling and my mission. And it's been amazing ever since.
1: That, that, that's incredible. Okay, so you're, you're in, in Bali, you stay for, you, you were just going to stay for eight weeks, but how long did that turn into?
0: I would probably still be there if I didn't have an incredible love of my life at home. Uh, I was there for six months and I had a, we actually had a fire in our condo building. And so that was my sign that I probably needed to come back.
1: <laughs> and at that time, how, what made you interested in money? Because you were in the health coach, but were you always just good at just being proactive with your money?
0: Yeah, so I had an unusual childhood and this is where I struggled initially with going into this space because most people go into business with something that they struggled with initially and that is a really great point to relate with clients is being able to say, I know how you feel, I've been there. And so it's I was struggling with that because I did have an unusual childhood where my parents actually instilled... Savings principles very early on in in life. So my very first thing I remember saving for were I'm not sure if you're familiar with these. Um, I'm a little bit older than you, but the the Fisher Price strap on roller skates. So they were red and blue and yellow, and I think they were twelve dollars at the local True Value store. And I wanted these so badly. And so my grandmother said, all right, well, you get 50 cents in allowance. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna pay for half of the, sh- of the roller skates as the- and you need to save for the other half. And you can do additional things around the house if you wanna make it a little bit faster. Cool. So that was the first thing. And I remember a boom box, a JVC boom box with detachable speakers and my Walkman, and then a trip to England when I was 12. All of these things I would save up for. And my best friend told me a story just recently. And she said, I remember, Amber, like you've always had this in you because we were walking around town and I so wanted to get an ice cream cone at Baskin Robbins. And you said, nope, (laughs) I'm saving for my trip to England. That's going to be money that's going to England. And she just always felt like you had, you know, she says you had like $2,000. And, you know, I think I had, she didn't remember how much she had in her bank account, but she just thought it was so crazy that I had saved so much money. So I think it's just been something that because of the guidance of my parents, I was very fortunate in learning that in an early stage. But um, no, it was not something that I necessarily struggled with. And then I went into business and finance because I had done a, um, there's this marketing competition in high school, I think it's called DECA. Yep. And I had been asked to be a part of this new, program that they were doing is this international trade and business association uh, course. And so we were going to this other school and we were sitting in on all of these different meetings, trade association meetings, and then doing DECA competitions. And that's where I really realized that I would get into flow going into marketing conversations and sales conversations and more of the finance side. And because I was really, I loved math. I thought that I would love to do finance. And so that's how I got into the finance. Degree, I guess, as you will, when I was in college.
1: I love it. So you came back. How did you get connected with Profit First? And for the, for my listeners who have not read the book or are introduced to Mike's philosophy, could you like give an overview of what that is, and then how you got connected with him?
0: For sure. So Profit First is a revolutionary way, and it's a very beautiful framework that allows you to look at money from a different perspective. So Mike McAlowitz is the is the author of Profit First. And he originally self-published this book. So when I came across this book, um, it was still the the first edition. It was self-published. And it was because it had been a little blurb in his Toilet Entrepreneur, Toilet Paper Entrepreneur book of this concept where you basically are paying your business first. And I'll, in a minute, explain a little bit further what the concepts of Profit First are. So he had it in a blurb. I think it was in a half paragraph in his first book. And so many people were asking about it that he just really felt that the next book needed to be profit first. And when they went and presented it to Penguin, they said, no, we don't think you need to write this book. And he said, well, I think I do. <laughs> so he ended up writing it. And then later Penguin came back and said, you know, we really need to publish this book. So now it's out as a full-fledged um, publish- publication. I came across when it was still the original book, my business coach actually was the one who mentioned it because she knew that as as I was pivoting into the money coaching space, I was running a budgeting course for health coaches because I had been in a mastermind for health coaches and many people were asking about it. So I thought, okay, this will be good. I had an idea of how I was going to do the business side, but it still didn't feel 100% right. And after reading the first three chapters of the Profit First book, I was up till two in the morning. I said. This is what's missing, and um, so instead of doing all the bank accounts, I had already been teaching an envelope system, which is what Profit First is. So for those of you who aren't familiar with Profit First, basically this is the only equation we'll probably talk about in this conversation. But it's a general accounting equation of profit is revenue minus sales. I'm sorry, revenue minus expenses equals profit. So whatever's left over, and Profit First puts that on its head and it said you know why would we want to just use whatever's left over as profit let's be intentional about this let's pay ourselves first let's put a certain intentional amount aside for profit and whatever's left over is for expenses and to take it a bit further really what you're wanting to do with the money that comes in your business is four main things you want to be intentionally profitable you want to be able to consistently pay yourself you want to have enough money set aside for taxes because you know you're not paying tax immediately when you make it And of course you have business expenses. So you're essentially bringing money in and then putting it into those four piles. And so when I was working with the, um, health coaches, we were reverse engineering this and I said, you know, for a health coach, we aren't going to have necessarily three years of financial statements. And the book talks about that to kind of analyze what you've done in the past and then make small incremental adjustments to bring your, your percentages back into balance. And I said, well, for most online entrepreneurs, we're really more focused on exactly what we want to be doing with the money that comes into our business and being very intentional. And so by reverse engineering it, we can get a revenue goal that actually is built up to give us, to provide us the amount of revenue that's required for the life we want to be living and for the business investments for our particular business. And so that's how it was born.
1: Wow. And, and so you got, you, you got introduced to his book and you started reading it and you're like this is this is amazing did you reach out to mike or how did you cuz you're you're certified to work with them and it's it's my understanding that you're well loved in the profit mm. first community
0: <laughs> i love them and yes yeah, so so when i heard about the book and i read it i said okay i because integrity is a top value of mine i couldn't just with integrity teach this framework without talking to them first so I even told my ladies, I said, you guys, this is going to be worth it, but you have to wait like a week because I don't want to release my original module. <laughs> so I set up a call with them and um, I was actually one of the very first coaches they brought on because they said most of the time when they were bringing people in, they were going to then teach the framework, but they said, you already have it fully implemented. I said, yeah, because this is so amazing. And this is the envelope system and this is the system that we use. So they gave me permission to teach it in the way that I currently do, which is really not the framework that they teach with the different bank accounts, et cetera. Um, and so it's been a beautiful relationship ever since. I've done some really awesome collaborations with Mike and he's just a really incredible person and he cares so much about the entrepreneur and really making sure that they have everything they need. So it's a really beautiful relationship.
1: And I remember when, when we were talking in New York, do you use the envelope system or do you is it more the bank account because i believe you said that you that you've used more electronic bank accounts but i could be i could have misunderstood you
0: yeah no i don't use the bank accounts at all so i ha- i actually encourage all of my clients to just keep one bank account if possible um, because YNAB, which is the software that i use it is so much more simple by just having one account because the software itself thinks of all your money in one big pile, regardless of how many accounts you have open And the envelopes act as the many accounts. And so instead of having to open a lot of accounts, we can use the one software system. And what was really exciting actually was I visualized very early on. I really want Jesse Meekum, the founder of Wynab to meet Mike McCallowitz because their visions for money and the way they were looking at money were so in alignment. And what's crazy is within six months, I was sitting in Manhattan with Jesse and Mike at a table and we were having a conversation and it was just so amazing to hear from Jesse as well, how the concept of just switching it around, giving yourself permission to actually spend some of your profit was revolutionary for him as well. So it's, um, but yes, I just use that software, which I think is a revolutionary software and we use it for both business and personal.
1: Awesome. All right. So now we're going to jump into the masterclass. <laughs> and was- I, I was telling you earlier, we, we have our, our better wealth model where on a two line graph shows people if they're in balance or not. And mm-hmm. 90 over 90% of people that work with us are not financially imbalanced, meaning they're not saving enough money and their assets aren't working in a way that will will continue to give them their standard of living that they're used to, to you know, living on when you, when you include inflation. So the okay. number one thing that we are talking to people about is efficiency hacks, how to find more money. And one of the things that we as a company are looking to get better at is, and that's why I'm bringing people like you on the show, is how do we, how do we help people find more money? it's all about cash flow. How do we be proactive with that? And I just number one person that i that I thought of was you. and I know that you're working on a book on this, and I know that you help people all over the country and all over the world about to, how to do this. So so without further ado, I want to give you just the space and freedom to kind of like lay out a roadmap of how my listeners, who are entrepreneurs, who are, people that work for entrepreneurs and, and, and corporate America, investors, a framework of how they can start thinking about their money so that they can actually keep more and profit more.
0: Absolutely. Okay. So there are some key concepts here to really help you see the full picture. And so a lot of times when we're thinking about a personal budget, for example, we may think of the words restriction or not being able to actually enjoy it. And what it really is, is just a roadmap of your intentions for yourself. And a lot of times we skip a whole category of expenses that I I call true expenses. And so, for example, if you are able to sit down and list out all of your normal fixed monthly expenses, your variable expenses, but then take it a step further and ask yourself, what are other things I spend my money on that I know I want to have money available for, such as travel, such as, Uh, you know, spending around December, holiday spending, and um, perhaps even saving up for a new car before you actually have to get a new car and just making yourself a monthly payment. When you have these things all laid out as well, you get a higher number than you may have subconsciously planted in your mind is what you really need per month for yourself. And so having that key number, first of all, is going to help you then understand, okay, I actually may need to be either making more money or seeing what's truly what i need to be spending on that i want to spend on so from an entrepreneur's perspective um, i i have five key things that i believe uh, you really want to have for a profitable and sustainable business and so the and it can really help someone who isn't necessarily an entrepreneur either you just will be looking at it from a slightly different standpoint because if whether your revenue is coming from your business or coming from a job and several jobs, there's several revenue streams, you're thinking of it just the same. It's money coming in. And so the very first thing that I suggest is having a very clear revenue goal that's absolutely unique to your your situation. So what this does is this ensures that you're striving to bring in more money than you're spending and you're still preparing for paying for taxes, putting intentional profit aside, and also saving and allocating money for those true expenses that I mentioned. And what this does is it allows you to really feel confident that the number that you've now calculated is truly going to give you the resources required to do the different things that you wanna be doing. And that can help you then with your packages and your pricing, because you may find that this is something that I see really interesting as people leave corporate and move into an entrepreneurial space. A lot of times they will be bringing in roughly the amount that their take home pay was in their their corporate job. And this is what I call a set income point. And so people who have been used to receiving, let's say $5,000 a month, Well then they start bringing in $5,000 a month in their business and they think that that's great. Okay, I'm bringing in 5,000. But obviously we're not taking into account the tax that you're gonna have to pay on top of just the regular income taxes but also the employer paid taxes that you're gonna have to pay. And of course you wanna be putting aside intentional profit and you are gonna have business expenses and just the dynamics have changed since you've been in business, in in an employee uh, role. So having that revenue goal, which sometimes can feel like ripping the bandaid off a little bit. And so anytime I take someone through this process, you know, it's really important that we set the expectation and also the grace of, yes, okay, I know that this is going to be an interesting experience and it is what it is. But once you are given, when you give yourself the gift of knowledge of this is my new number and then take a walk, allow yourself to just breathe it in then you can start seeing amazing opportunities come your way of how you can actually hit that number.
1: So that's, and I'll just, can I just say something here? I think one of the things that we talk about is you are your number one asset. And one, and the biggest thing that I see opportunities, especially for younger people or someone in business is like, how do you make more money? And, and it's really cool. Just going back, back to what you're saying is if you have that number in your mind, opportunities will start, coming to you. And then the things that you're saying yes to that are not really making a difference. Hopefully you can start sifting out what are, what are the things that you should be focusing your time on? What are the things that you should be saying no to? And so I just I want to echo that. That's very much how we plan our business. We're, I, won't, I won't say yes to something if it doesn't give us X, Y, or Z to our business. And we're very clear about that. And then you're saying figure out that number, but also figure out that number as it relates to how much money you need just for taxes. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. So okay. It's,
0: it's tax and the business expenses and your own personal that you okay. want to every month plus intentional profit. And that intentional profit is actually where you're automatically going to be starting to accumulate and age money in your business. And you can do the same thing in your personal life as well. So for example, if you know, after doing the calculator on, on better wealth and you can see, okay, this is how much I need to add actually be saving every year, you can incorporate that into your revenue goal calculation and say, okay, well, if I need 20,000 extra a year, divide that by 12, that's a true expense for yourself. So you put that in to the the whole system and then you come up with a number and then it's like, okay, We all want, we all love challenges. We all love that, especially as entrepreneurs looking at this as like, Oh, okay, how am I going to make that happen? And I remember doing this for myself and sitting, um, I always take two weeks and we go usually to an Airbnb somewhere in the middle of, of winter right after Christmas. And I was sitting there on the floor of this Airbnb and I was looking at the numbers and the package price that I needed to charge was way more than what I was charging. And I just remember sitting right there and saying, you know what, okay, this is what's going to have to happen. And so everything shifted after that. And so when people go through that process, you have more confidence as well because you can say, Okay, well, in order to thrive, be sustainable and truly be available for those that I am serving, I must fill my cup first. And once you do that, you can become incredibly generous because you, when you have additional money on top of the revenue goal coming in, it is so easy to be incredibly generous with that because you're already, your cup's already full. Um, so, so that's the first thing is just knowing how much you actually want to be bringing in to cover the things that you want to be paying for. The second thing, especially for a business, is having a revenue forecast tool so that you can see and be proactive in the revenue that's coming in. So if you notice, okay, you've listed out all of your payments from your different clients from your different revenue streams, and you're comparing it to the amount of money you want to be bringing in, you can then look and see, oh, I see there's a dip four months from now. Okay, so what can we do to start proactively engaging or bringing in a new revenue stream or perhaps opening up a couple of spots to work with me or, you know, whatever it is? But being able to do that now because you have the aged money, you have the system in place that's seeing how much you want to have coming in and know exactly where to allocate it. And now the third piece can look at it and say, okay, well, in order to maintain this consistent level or higher these are the things i need to be doing now so instead of feeling like you're reacting because there's you know a thousand dollars in the business bank account and you have five thousand dollars of bills due the next month or the next week instead you're looking at it from a longer term perspective but in the exact same way it's just you no longer have this pressure of time and the contaminated time of worrying about the timing of cash flow is completely lifted. So it completely opens up your creative space as well because you can now truly focus on the impact that you wanna make with your clients and not on the timing of cash flow. So the first one's a revenue goal calculator. The second one's a revenue forecast tool. The third one is where everyone goes, oh, really? And it's uh, the personal spending plan or i.e. a budget. And when I say this, I mean it to truly be a list of your most highest priorities. Mm. That's all this is. It's giving you freedom to spend the money on the things you wanna be spending and also being able to put aside money for those true expenses that we talk about. So let's say that you have $10,000 a month in expenses, including your fixed expenses, your true expenses, and I never suggest having just blanket savings. That should always be something specific, whether it's for retirement or for a new home or for a new car or for travel or for taking a friend on a dream trip that she never you know, expected, that kind of thing. When you have very specific things that you've listed out, it's harder to take from that amount that's accumulating than just a blanket savings. So if I see a client that has a savings account, I say, well, what is it for? Oh, I don't know, (laughs) an emergency, you know, and I say, well, okay, that's great. You have it. You know, it's always good to say, or to, to acknowledge the fact that the intention is amazing. Now take a step back and say, what is it that you actually want to do with this money so that you're not taking from it for something that's not as important or not as intentional? Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's the third thing is a personal spending plan. And what this really does is it ensures that you don't sabotage your newfound profitability in your business, because what happens is when you implement a system like profit first or really becoming more clear and in control of the cash flow in your business, you'll see that um, it can be really easy to have the business be sabotaged by personal spending. Because when you start making additional money, it's easy to then say, Oh, well, let's elevate my lifestyle as well at the same time. And it's, I'm all for having a life that feels amazing and for really, you know, spending things on things that bring you joy. But it's always wanting, you want to do that with the holistic perspective of, right. okay, I'm putting enough money aside here for my long term goals. And I'm putting money aside here for the things that I know are coming up in the next year or two years or three years. Um, And so that really helps you do that when you have a very intentional plan that's simple, you know, money is simple. We try to make it super complicated with all these investment strategies and, you know, a lot of different verbiage that's thrown around, but ultimately cash flow management is if we didn't have any electronics, it would be taking money in seeing a big pile of it and then organizing it into envelopes that have labels and that's yeah. all we're doing
1: and, and it's super interesting i want to I, I we definitely want to follow up after our, our podcast on the software that you mentioned because in the and asset a lot of our clients are saving into you know an and asset which we talked about and and it's like they're saving for a purpose and they might have some might be emergency some might be an opportunity some might be for college some and so it's like really i love this idea of spending a spending plan and having every dollar accounted for on why you're you're saving it, and understanding that that has a long term consequence and also a short term consequence. So I I love the spending plan and it's so much more freeing than the word budget. But it really truly is. It's like every dollar has a place.
0: Absolutely, and that's one of their main rules in the software that I use. They say every dollar has a job, yeah, and like it, what it does is it keeps the perspective of a dollar. 'Cause you know, we've all been there. If we have twenty dollars in cash in our in our pocket and we go into a, a fancy store and we don't have anything else but the twenty dollars, if you see something for twenty five dollars, that's that's over what you have, right? But if you have you know, $1,000 in your pocket, then a $25 thing doesn't really mean all that much. But what a spending plan allows you to do is see and continue to keep the perspective of the value of a dollar. So even if you have $50,000 in your checking account, if you have $100 allocated for a particular uh, intention or purpose, you have to decide if you want to now change your priority and say, okay, you know what? Actually, I want to spend more money in this area. I'm going to move it from another priority. So it gives you more perspective of the opportunity cost of spending money in a different area. So that's where a budget fails in a lot of ways because it doesn't have you reallocate the remaining funds whereas a $0 budget or envelope system does.
1: Yep, I love it, I love it.
0: Awesome. Okay, so, so that's the, the third thing is a personal spending plan. And then of course, if you have a business, the business also is so, so helpful to have a spending plan for the business. And I'm not talking about, you know, a forecast at the beginning of the year and then you don't look at it again. It's a true, every dollar has a job for the business. And this is where you can implement components of profit first. So what this does is it allows you to, no matter how much money you're making, if you have ups and downs in variable income. So let's say you make, you have a big launch and you make two hundred thousand dollars that month, and the next two months you're making, you know, maybe fifty or sixty thousand dollars a month you can allow yourself to reallocate the larger amount coming in over several months so that you can have consistent revenue, consistent income, consistent paying of bills, and it allows you to be very intentional with that money. So instead of it all coming in and being spent right away, you're intentionally putting aside the money you know you will be owing on taxes. You intentionally put money away for for profit, and then you see the amount of money sitting there for owner's pay, so you know how much you have available to pay yourself. And this is such a game changer for businesses because it can help you with so many strategic decisions. When you wanna bring on new team members, when you want to see if your business can handle a new, um, a new coaching expense, you can look at it and you can say, okay, what has been the last six months average revenue that's been in my business, recalculate a revenue goal with the new expenses that you've added in there, and then compare that with the average. And you can see right away whether or not your business can handle it. If not, you now see a new revenue goal you want to be hitting. You can then go back to your your pricing, your packages. You can see how can we make this happen. And then once you start hitting that new goal, you can start putting aside money for that new position or that new expense for you know two to three months so that you now have a buffer before you bring that person on. And it can feel so amazing because when someone comes on, they don't usually you know, hit the ground running and and immediately start making revenue for the company. They need a little bit of time to acclimate. And this allows you to do that feeling really good about it because you've put aside money for that. So that's just one example of how a spending plan can really help the business. Um, And then of course, the last thing is having a plan to achieve your financial goals and age your money. So this is something that we were talking about earlier, Caleb, aging money, especially in today's condition, is such an incredibly important concept because we don't actually, of course, we don't know what's happening in the future. We don't know what's happening tomorrow. And it's important to have, instead of just blanket savings, seeing our monthly spending in buckets. So we can say, okay, um, for example, the, the concept age money is if you did not have a single penny come into your bank account. How long could you have regular expenses be covered uh, before you had to? before you ran out of money? So if someone has six months of aged money, they have six months of expenses sitting in their bank account. And this is something that is, allows so much anxiety to dissolve, so yep. much stress to dissolve. Because when you're making money, you're making money to fund a month, six months in the future, yep. not today.
1: You're not living in that. You're not living month to month. You're, you're six months out. Can I ask why six months? Because, I I tend to default to a year, mm-hmm. but it could be that like I, that's just my personal preference.
0: Yeah. So I always tell people, up to a year is great. So you just want to decide for yourself what you feel is best. My default is six, but some people feel comfortable with three, some people feel comfortable with 12, some people want more than 12, and that's when I just encourage them to do something different with their money past 12 months. Uh, But yes, I have clients who have a full 12 months saved and there are others that do six, but it really is just what you are comfortable with. And what's interesting that as I've worked with more and more people, we all have a particular set income point and a set point where we feel really comfortable in terms of age money. And it has to do a lot with both our own knowledge and also our experiences we were as we were children.
1: Yeah, I, I, I love that and, and I, I love that you mentioned opportunity cost mm-hmm. and also explained age money because I think that is that's really that's just a really powerful concept. And so let's talk about, I mean, you obviously work with people a lot. What are some common frustrations or like downfalls or mistakes are people are making as it relates to to creating a revenue goal, creating a forecast, which by the way, forecasts are difficult. I don't know if you, is that one of the reasons why it's powerful to have people like you because that can just be difficult to do on your own. So I'm curious about that. Um, and then creating a spending plan for your business and for yourself, like what, what kind of mistakes are you seeing when you are meeting with people um, making as it relates to their money around this?
0: Well I, well, I have to say most people that I meet with, they have really struggled to know where to start. so everyone's intention is very very pure and i i know something's off here and i and it's it takes so much courage to have that conversation so for every single person i speak to i know there's a hundred people who are feeling the same thing and haven't haven't had the ability to have that conversation yet so i would say for the most part it's just truly not knowing because they don't they don't know where they they need to start So once people do start the process, I think where they're most surprised is how easy it is to actually go and do all of this and the thought of putting in those true expenses that they hadn't thought of. And I would say that's the biggest epiphany is seeing, wow, my revenue goal is way higher than I thought it needed to be. And it can take a little bit of time of like adjusting to that concept because, um, so I would say... Just without them even recognizing that this is a mistake they're doing, I think the revenue goal setting is is much lower than it needs to be um, would be the first thing. In terms of forecasting, I actually, depends on the person I'm speaking to. So some of my clients are incredibly creative, visionary people who really, before me, have never touched a spreadsheet. And I make sure my spreadsheets are very beautiful and aesthetically pleasing and fun to use so that it doesn't seem like a spreadsheet because most people don't want to use it. Um, but when they, when they come to me, they're thinking in terms of expansive abundance. And so having a forecast, it's really important for them to have kind of the bigger picture forecast where they can really see and play with launches and programs that are being developed, et cetera. But I suggest having a very concrete forecast of given booked revenue um, and use that for your strategic planning. And every business is going to be a bit different, but most of the businesses I work with are online business owners that are able to have the autonomy to really choose how they're working with clients on a dime uh, and, and change things pretty quickly. So what I suggest is keeping a really clear detailed list of actual payments that are coming in each month. So if they have membership sites or if they have group programs that they're listing those by payment, not by booked revenue. So that's actually bringing another good point. I think that I see people make the mistake of only focusing on the booked revenue number and not looking at the actual cash flow that's coming in every month. So if someone is doing pay in fulls and they're receiving all the money in the beginning, then if they're not dripping that out over the time that they're actually working with those clients, they will be in a position where no money's coming in. They may have spent all the money that they booked yeah. and they'll have this, these deliverables to meet. And that's where you can really be in a pickle because you're not able to have the bandwidth to take on new client work until you finish with them and you're not receiving any money. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that's, so that's a big one for sure.
1: Wow. Well, yeah. There's there's just so much. um is there any software or any resources that you recommend if someone's like just a little bit like thank you thank you amber and 'm there's a lot lot here um, what What kind of resources do you recommend or where to start? I know that um, you have a community and they could work with you and, and your team um, so what what kind of resources are there to really get your cash flow figured out
0: yeah, so i mean we we run regular age money challenges where we take you through. Um, listing all of the things that you want in your personal life, listing all the things in your business, really getting clear on why you're in business and looking at your packages and pricing and seeing, does your revenue goal that you've just now created actually align with the business model that you have? Do you have the ability to make that type of revenue? I would say that's the number one reason why most businesses are struggling is they don't have a business model that actually can achieve the revenue that is necessary to actually pay for the things they're desiring. Um, So so that's a really key thing. So we do that in these challenges. Um, We also have recently amended it for this current situation because many of us are not spending money on things that we normally spend on, whether it be childcare or Um, You know massages or nails or anything like that because we're not going anywhere (laughs) So we have this new setup, which I'm really excited about because you can list everything and then you can designate it as a must have, a nice to have, a future, or a need to cancel expense. And this helps you really get clear on the things you need to cancel. That's the very first thing we want you to do. And then of course, looking at the different revenue goal levels to see where you wanna start with and feel energetically aligned with, because that's the other important thing. We can make any amount of money. We are all capable of infinite amount of revenue. Revenue and money are renewable resources. But until we are in the capacity to receive that, we may shut ourselves off from higher amounts of revenue. So we come up with these different revenue goals and it's a really beautiful process. So we have this next one coming up in September. I think we're starting the second week of September, but we have a wait list if if you're listening to this after that, um, that is a really great place to start. And of course, I will always sing to the rooftops, you need a budget. It's an incredible envelope software that is really the basis of our entire framework.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Um, let's switch gears a little bit. How, would, how do you define better wealth?
0: Mm. I would define better wealth as intentionally allocated wealth. So when you're really looking at um, every dollar is a precious commodity and for example, I say all the time, I have this you know, $300 fountain pen that I love writing with. It is a beautiful experience. And that was not an overspend for me. But spending $3 on an InkJoy pen is an absolute waste of money because I yeah. don't like those pens. And so uh, I would say that Better Wealth is really being intentional with every dollar you have and being grateful for what you currently have.
1: What is one thing that you're doing that's really working right now in life?
0: Oh my gosh, intermittent fasting. <laughs> it is the most incredible. I feel like I would give up all my money to oh no, really? no, yes, to to know this. Because it is, I believe, the key, the, the key to to true health to true health for everyone that's struggling with metabolic syndrome right now. Uh, we have it a beautiful way to heal ourselves. And the autophagy process that happens when you go into a fasted state is incredible. And there has been nothing that has been developed pharmaceutically that has come close to the results that you can get from doing a, a fast. So um, hands down, since we've met Caleb, I've lost almost 34 pounds i never struggled with my weight until i started my business and i gained over 50 pounds starting my business five years ago and i was on my mind all the time and i went to portugal right after we met and i met this incredible couple from toronto there they run a naturopathic clinic and functional medicine clinic and um they introduced me to this concept i've gone deep dived into (laughs) learning all about it because i was already really into the health space but i was still struggling so much and it's been this fasting that has totally changed my life and i feel amazing and i'm on a three day or a five day it's called um a fasting mimicking diet by Mm -hmm. dr longo Prolon so I'm on day three and the mental clarity that you get from fasting is incredible so I was really excited to see that we were having this conversation on the day where you really start to really get into that mental clarity space um, so the amount of insight I've gotten just from being in a fasted state has been incredible so
1: so when you say intermittent you're obviously you're are you fasting for five days
0: this is a, a fasting mimicking diet, so there's a very low calorie, but it's to really keep the nourishment and the nutrition up while you're still okay. doing. It's basically tricking your body as if you were doing a five day water fast.
1: Interesting. And now intermittent. Do you not eat after dinner usually? And then how how would what does intermittent fasting look like for you?
0: So for me personally, I usually um, wake up in the morning. I meditate. I have my black coffee. Um, with mushrooms and then I don't actually eat until usually the late afternoon. So I'll drink lots of water and herbal teas and things like that. And then I'll have a very satiating meal, sometimes a snack and a meal. And then I close my window pretty early because I've found um, using this aura ring, which has been a game changer (laughs) in just learning so much about my body and what, what different things work. I've learned that if I can stop eating sooner, it is so much better for deep sleep and so much better for sleep in general. So, um, yeah, so I usually open the window in the early afternoon and close it usually around four o'clock or five at the latest. And that's what I do. And And then,
1: wow. Okay. I, there are a couple (laughs) of things I want to go. It's it's so funny because those that listen to this show a lot, I love health and wellness and like the aura Ring is something I'm looking into. And, um, I've heard from multiple people, by the way, because this is a common question I usually ask off air that I'm asking more on air is just like what, what you're doing um, health-wise. And there's multiple very successful entrepreneurs that are hacking their sleep and also are really trying to design their life to perform optimally. Because it's like, mm-hmm. it, and it's going back to your other question or that you answered on intentional living, that, that's why we exist at Better Wealth. You have one life, live it intentionally. If you get your money thing figured out, it can help you live a more intentional life. Absolutely. So we, we didn't... I didn't pay Amber to say that, by the way, in case uh, you're wondering. Um, well,
0: see, this is why we connected so immediately when we first met. I yeah. felt your energy, I then I heard your message, and I said, what, oh, this is crazy, and I knew that was the reason I was there that day, was to right. meet you.
1: Right, well, same, same. I, the, Out of all the people that I met, some incredible people that I go, I'm gonna do something with Amber because my community needs um, the practical, you know, nuts and bolts that you're teaching, and there's some things that we're teaching at Better Wealth that I just go really, really hand in glove with what you're teaching. And so I'm just really excited about that. Uh, last question before we ask the legacy question, three books that you would recommend somebody. I know that's a super general question, um, but I just lo- I just know that a lot of leaders are readers and I just love to get your your uh, answer on that.
0: Love this question because guess what? Last uh, Two weeks ago, I went through all my books and rearranged them so that I could have the, my most one, my most referred to one's right here, so I'll just take it off the top. This is the first one: Psycho-Cybernetics. Love this okay. one. Uh, the big leap. obviously, I'm sure many people talk about this one. And then these are kind of go I, I can't say top three.
1: <laughs> well, you can pick you can pick whatever. It's, I pick oh. three. Just okay, not so, so I'm going to just
0: quickly these two are incredible. The tapping into wealth and the soul of money. huh. The, these are uh, tapping into wealth by far is the one that I've re- reached to all the time to help people really break through money blocks. And it's using the EFT, the emotional freedom technique scientifically proven to really help take out some of the, the anxiety around money. And the last one that I'll mention is breaking the habit of being yourself, which you probably can't see. Uh,
1: there. Yep. Yeah.
0: But, but of all of those, I would definitely say tapping into wealth, psychocybernetics, and the big leap. Yep. Yeah, those three.
1: Awesome, and we will have those just in the show notes as well. Because I just again love that um, there, and obviously, if you're listening to this on our podcast, if you're watching this on YouTube, one of the things that Amber and I are going to be looking into is doing more just specific videos on topics because there's so much wisdom being dropped here. Um, Amber, the way that I love to end these this podcast is with the legacy question. Like, and the legacy question goes like this: This is your last day on earth. You're with the people that you love the most. You have all of your experience and wisdom. What what are you going to pass on through that last conversation with with those that you love the most?
0: Pursue the things that you enjoy. That's what my grandfather told me, and that's what's fueled me ever since.
1: I I love it, and you you are an example of someone that's living that well. How can people... Connect on on with you and what you're doing, and just get involved in this. And I'm just want, I want to say again, stay tuned for what's to come because I think you're going to be really excited about the content that's going to be created. Um, but how can people connect with you?
0: Well, um, they can definitely come into our free community. It's called Sweet Life Purposeful Money on Facebook. Uh, you can also subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's just Amber Dugger on there, and also on Instagram at profit.with Amber. Those are great places to go. And, and we will have oh i was just going to say and of course if you want to get a revenue goal calculation you can go to com slash calculator and you'll be able to put in your numbers and make sure you do it with better wealth because then you can see exactly how much you want to be saving and put that into your calculation for your revenue goal i
1: i absolutely love it we'll have all those links down in either the youtube description or on on podcast make sure to check that out And Amber, thank you so much. I am grateful that you're in my life and I'm grateful for the message that you have. And I cannot wait to promote your book because I know it's going to be epic. So uh, thank you again for coming on.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Caleb. It has been an absolute honor.
1: Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review and share this with the people that you know and love.